This is a podcast from Minute Media. Tough loss to the Sacramento Kings. The Windy City Bulls podcast with a look at the NCAA tournament coming up in a matter of moments with the coach, David Edelman, and Brian Beto, resident Bulls fan extraordinaire, voice of Bradley basketball, not in the tournament, rooting for Loyola, final season in the Valley, some NCAA tournament hoop talk coming up. But a whole lot of Alex Caruso as well. What a difference this guy makes, right? Alex Caruso coming back is so refreshing. The Bulls look like a different basketball team. Uh, Billy Donovan slowly getting his guys back and with a lot of tough decisions to make. Do you play Io? Do you play Kobe White? Do you go offense, defense, which he did last night against the Kings? I'm not saying Kobe White was missing wide open threes because he was being shuffled in and out, but he did. And so you yank guys, they're not in rhythm. It makes it harder. What do you do? Do you bury Io after the season he's had? Do you ride the hot hand that night? What happens if neither of them are hot? Do you play Caruso with Levine and DeRozan and Vooch and, I don't know, go big, Tristan Thompson, Javante Green? What happens if Patrick Williams is available? Where's Lonzo Ball? These are good problems, but you kind of got to nail it because the Bulls' margin for error is not going to be very big if there is one at all, against the better teams in basketball. Now 5-15 and 15 against the top five teams in the East and the Western Conference, which Sacramento is not. 25 wins on the year, 20 games under 500. although it didn't look like it last night if you watched the game. Those dudes were playing hard. DeMontis Sabonis is a beast. It was an impressive performance by the Kings. I like De'Aaron Fox, but uh, and Dante DiVincenzo was doing everything that he does out there, hitting some threes and playing tough D. Uh, the Kings were playing hard, but that's not a that's a that's a bad loss for the Bulls. Dig themselves a hole and then couldn't hit shots down the stretch once they got close. All right, we'll see how it goes. Your tough schedule coming up: Utah, Phoenix later in the week. The Windy City Bulls podcast starts right now. Showtime! I got a hot take for you that I was thinking about randomly over the weekend because I have nothing else to think about over the weekend, and it's a it's a larger topic of conversation, but. I'm 37 years old and I was going about thinking through my lifetime. And I, if I, I don't think it's really a hot take to say that even as it stands right now, that DeMar DeRozan and Alex Caruso are the two best bulls free agent signings in my lifetime. And I, and I think after this year, maybe even next year, you can make that kiss for Lonzo Ball if he's healthy. Rodman was a trade. He was a trade. So, and I know you technically was DeMar was a sign and trade, but it was after he agreed to go to the Bulls as a free agent. Like that's, that's, you know, semantics, but can you think, I was trying to even think of role players that came in. They've just, even like I was Steve Kerr, a free agent, like a role play, but I don't want to put a derail the conversation for, but just shows that the impact that Caruso's had already and the value that he brings with the dollar amount. I mean, look at some of the big free agents moves that they've made in the last 20, 30 years, they've whiffed on a lot, like as far as not getting guys here, but you have guys like Ben Wallace, who was okay, but he was past his prime. Carlos Boozer, who I knew was just on was, you know, probably at least in my opinion was better than a lot of fans thought he was, but from the value that you're getting, is it, I don't think it's that hot of a take. It's, it's not, you're, I mean, no one's had it, so it is hot, but it's not like, (laughs) it's not hot in, 
like when you think about the reality of the statement, Boozer for the record was great to talk to. And uh, the video is up on, on, on the YouTube to Wendy channel and, and see booze. I asked him like, which is better this bulls team or your bulls team. And he was trying to be somewhat kind to this bulls team. But then, then all of a sudden, he just like, like kind of pops through the screen. But come on, bro, we had D Rose. He was he was carrying <laughs> the whole city, and I was like, I, I, I mean, I just asked it just to ask it. We all know the answer. I just love talking to him, and like that team will forever feel like they would have won had Derrick Rose not gotten injured. Yeah. They all feel that way. I actually went back and looked at the the year that he got hurt, and we'll we can get back into the current version of the bulls in a second, but just a little quick trivia. How many back-to-backs do you think the bulls played in 2012 when you had a 161 day lockout, the season started on Christmas day and the NBA tried to jam in a 66 game season. How many back-to-backs do you think they played? Probably like 22, right? Probably somewhere in there. 22. So, so 22 would be 44 games. So that'd be, uh, Okay, so Beto, guess. I would say I was thinking closer to fifteen for that logic you just mentioned of like that would be two thirds of their games in their twenties. But right. I thought fifteen ish, twelve so, to fifteen. So they so they play. I mean, maybe it's not as big as I thought it was. They played twelve back to backs. That's twenty four okay. games, and then they also played two sets of three games in three nights. That's 30, wild. That that's thirty of the sixty six games. Oh, they played sixty six games. I'm sorry. Yeah. 30 of the 66 were involved in either a back-to-back or a back-to-back-to-back. The NBA was so so incredibly short-sighted, and it ended up with guys like Rose. You know, he he blew out his groin. Do you remember that? That's what that was the major injury. It was in March. He blew out his groin. He had like he had blood in the groin. Up, you know, he's trying to come back. I'm I watched like five minutes of clips of the game that he actually got hurt. And you could see he's kind of like out of breath. He's not really in great shape, which is a very rare thing when you go back, you know, and like think of Derek Rose. Like, I don't remember him being an out of breath player. And, and he's doing all sorts of stuff out there. And the, the answers are kind of like, you know, now, now that's the burst. I didn't watch the whole game. I just watched the clips. But these were the, that's the burst that we're looking for. Like, he was not himself. He's trying to be himself. They're in the playoffs. He's pushing himself. He, he hits a short shot from eight feet to put him up 16 with 225 to go. Tibbs leaves him out there. And then a minute later, he cracks his knee in half. It was painful to relive it. it like, I, I'm not saying that he wouldn't have done it anyway, but they, they, the way the end. Thanks for making us relive it. Yeah. Yeah. Great. You want to talk about some of the, 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 the dead dogs that well, I grew up with now? Like well, what? Our, our poor listeners here just had to relive the pain of this, you know, <laughs> that you admit was too painful to watch. Uh, well, you know, there, I'll go, I'll, I'll add on to it. Do you remember the 1998 Chicago bulls that won a national, uh, won an NBA championship? I do remember that team. Yeah, it, I think Jordan was on it, and 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 this guy Pippen, who's writing books now, and Dennis Rodman was drunk, and Kukoc was actually the second best player on the team that year. The whole team was falling apart, but somehow Jordan carried him to another championship because he's Michael Damn Jordan. Yeah, you know, how many times have they been to the Eastern Conference Finals since then? Once, once. once. They won one damn game that uh, with with D Rose in 2011, the playoffs. 
Um, it's because their best free agent signings ever are the guys they just picked up six months ago. That's, that's the, why. That's the full circle <laughs> of this conversation. It is true. That is actually true. Because if they had gotten LeBron or Kobe or McGrady or Wade seven years before they got him, right? You then, know. then, then, then you, we wouldn't be sitting here like, eh, how far can they go this year with Caruso and uh, and Demar as their best ever free agents? Hashtag Demar. Who's worried about Zach Levine missing time? Of course, worried about Zach Levine missing time. It's not, I'm not as worried about him missing time as much as he clearly is not the player he was early in the season. So I would love, you know, hopefully we can see that player again. But if you look at his statistics early in the season and look at his shooting statistics as compared to what his shooting statistics look like now, clearly he does not have the same confidence level of comfort that he had early in the year, where if he got eight threes, he was going to make, you know, five of them. I mean, he was shooting an absurd clip early in the season from the three point line. And now he's got games of one for seven and three for 11. And, you know, he's, he's not the same player right now. Yeah. I mean, I'm not a doctor, but I echo everything coaches says like, it's, of course it's concerning. How could you not be concerned about a lingering, knee issue that is forcing him to miss time later in the year, even if it's more than one of those play through the pain or situations. But I mean, given the explosiveness is his, in his nature and his lift with his jumper is being probably his best two attributes. Yeah. It's, it's definitely something to be concerned about. So I'll play doctor on the pod then. <laughs> I figured if, you might. <laughs> if neither of you want to do it. Why, why, why not look, you've got 15 games left in the season. Why not just sit him? I will sit you to the end, get you do every exercise you can possibly do to strengthen your knee. If there needs, if we need to have one more fluid injection or whatever the hell they've been doing with Zach Levine's knee, do that. And you're going to have, you're not going to have back-to-backs in the playoffs and just let it roll from there. I think that might be. He's going to have surgery because he's going to have, he's, he, there's no doubt in my mind, he's going to end up having surgery at the end of the year. There's obviously something, with the knee, right? That they is not fixable even with rest. Like at the end of the day, it's it's something they have to manage, you know. And I, I've coached before where there's been players like that where they they had issues with their knee and they manage their knee like every every day, every game is thirty minutes to an hour and a half of management with the knee, and so they're going to take some days where the knee is a little bit worse and say, we're not going to play on this day and manage it a little bit more. But, you know, at the end of the day, they don't want to say, all right, he doesn't play for 10 games, throw him back out there. And then, you know, he struggles because he can't find his rhythm and, and, and everything else. I think they just feel like, Hey, this is the best way to, to, to deal with it. I mean, I'm not saying that the rest will help him fix the knee and he won't need surgery, but I am saying it could help him get through the playoffs less wear and tear right now and whatever they can do to strengthen it in theory. I don't, I don't see how that hurts and that. Yeah. Okay. His rhythm might take a game or two to get back, but I don't think it will take Zach Levine that long to get back into rhythm. He, you know, he'll, he'll get himself there. And he really hasn't gotten back into rhythm though, Mark, since, He's been doing this. He really has not played 
like what Zach was playing. I mean, he's still trying to find his game a little bit right now. Beto, do you agree with that? Yes, I do, if I'm being honest. And also, my other thing is, don't you think the Bulls are having these exact same conversations? Like, do you think they're just like, let's just give them some random days off? Like, you know, the, the, the training staff has this exact same conversation with Zach and the coaches and says, Hey, you know, like, does it make sense just to sit them? Will it help them out in the playoffs? Like, I just, I don't know. I just, not that to say the bulls in the past, their training staff has earned the benefit of the doubt, but it is a different group. And I would kind of defer to that. I know NBA is different in college because you have a financial investment in the player, but in college, the coach has like not in the, the team, the, the program is like nothing to do with somebody actually playing. They basically say, Hey, the doctor, is he clear to play? Yes or no. If it's yes player, do you want to play? Yes or no. Okay. Then you're in. So I don't know how much of that's the same for the NBA, but they want to badly stay as either the three or four seed. I mean, they, they do not want to drop down to end up being five or six, even being worse. They really don't want to do that. So they want to win some of these games too. So they got a tough schedule coming up. They, they don't want to just say, Hey, Zach's not playing and make it a tougher on them to win. I'm going back through game logs here, coach. And maybe I'm just, uh, uh, you know, could be being an idiot here, but it, it ain't like he, he he's always been up and down from three like that. That's, that's what the stats look like. If you go through early in the season, he was, he shot the ball incredibly well early in the season when the bulls were, when the bulls were killing before he had any injuries before his finger got hurt and then his knees got hurt. I mean, he's been banged up all year. This guy's played banged up since probably what game 20, 20, 20 to 25. Can we follow the, the, the tea leaves on that? He shoots one for five opening night. Then he's six for nine. Then he's two for six, three for seven, two for six, one for four, one for eight, two for seven, three for 10, over oh four, two, a two, two, a four. Then he gets hot six of 13, six of 13, seven to 12, four of nine. Oh, for five, three for seven, three for nine, three for seven, four for 10, two. Like he's just, he, I mean, what do we have any best guess as to when he got hurt? I'm trying, I guess the whole point of this is that maybe I'm scarred by watching Derek Rose videos uh, from 2012, <laughs> but if the dude has a messed up knee, which he does, then why make him grind out the last 15 games of the regular season? Because in theory, he's going to be in rhythm. I, I don't know. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Plus the fact that you're, you know, you're going to have to sit him for some games anyway, he's not going to play all the way through. So the rhythm is going to get at least somewhat messed up. I'd give him the time off. That's what I would do. I wouldn't worry about seating. If you're going to, it might suck going out in the first round uh, because you're further down, but you know what? Like you're going to have to go through these teams anyway. So the only hurt feelings on that would be that uh, Reinsdorf won't make as much uh, money in playoff tickets sold if they get bounced early. And I, it'd be fun to win a series for sure. That'd be great. First time in forever. I think, I think you're speaking in theory to an older team, Zach Levine being older, I should say a, a team that's won consistently. If this was the box right now and he was Chris Middleton, I think that's what probably would happen, but he's Zach Levine. Who's never played in the playoffs a Bulls team that has not been in the playoffs now for whatever amount of years. And so it's a different, you have a different competitive look at it. And so I think you're coming from the um, standpoint of, I think you're coming from the standpoint of, 
you're not the one competing. You're not the one that's dealing with wanting to compete out there and play. And he feels at times I'm good enough to play. He's not going to want to sit when he feels good enough to play. And, um, you know, he's playing for a contract. He's, he, he wants to be out there. You know, it's just a lot easier to say, Hey, Zach, sit down. You're not going to play. It's a lot easier to say that to him than him saying, I get it. I'm good enough to go. I get it. 1986. Are you sitting there saying, Nope, Michael needs you on the bench. Three minutes left in Indiana. Do you want him in or out? So, so that that I love that you just brought up 80, 86 <laughs> and minutes limitations. But like, first of all, that team wasn't in the playoffs. They needed him to play. Second of all, like that was just sheer moronicness. If he can play for eight minutes, he can play for eight minutes and thirty seconds. Jerry Krause, you jerk. Uh, so the, I just wanted to get you fired up yeah, on this because I, I knew it would work. All right, I'm always <laughs> trying to protect the player from themselves. You know, coaches putting him in harm's way and doesn't give a shit. I get it. Go you think Billy Donovan's going to put him in the harm's way if he thought, oh my gosh, we need this four seed yes. if it means that he could like really hurt his knee? The, the, fact, yeah. the fact that he's a young player too is further reason to sit him. If this was old dying Kyle Lowry out there, then, then grind, let him grind it through. But you're, you're going to be signing this guy to a max contract. So you also got to be thinking about your own future. You know that, like, this year you have a puncher's chance. It could happen if everything clicks. If, if you know, Patrick Williams is getting closer to coming back and Caruso is back and apparently Alonzo's creeping towards it too. So you got a puncher's chance in a wide open East, but you're also, uh, you're 5 and 15 against the top 10 teams if you go, or at least the top five teams of the East, top five teams in the West. So you haven't beaten the Sixers. The Heat are killing you. You're not winning the championship I, right now. I mean, that's the reality of it. If you yeah, but the Bulls have operated like that, right? Like they didn't do anything at the deadline because they didn't want to sacrifice long term for short term. So I I don't think they've gained this reputation of just going for it all and risking it to to, to potentially win this year with Zach Levine. So I just my whole point is I just I think they've weighed this. And they know a little bit more than us. They they def they do know more than us. I will I will, I will uh, break yeah. That. I think we should trust them a little bit. Well, how do you trust a franchise that allows Benny the Bull to throw popcorn <laughs> on their fans like he did the other? I, I'll say this about that... Benny. Yes. <laughs> no. Finish. I want to hear about Benny first. Well, B Benny, you know the old Benny. He would go out to half court to start the fourth quarter, and he would throw the the half court shot over his shoulder. And the dude would nail it like pretty much every game. This Benny, and he'd take multiple shots until he hit it. This Benny has been straight atrocious to the point that I thought that they should, that, that the whole thing should be, should stop because he just Bad. sucks. Right. And, and so I'm watching him against the Cavs on, on Saturday night doing my deep media dive research on all things bulls <laughs> and and he's awful the whole way through and i and i'm literally texting people this benny sucks this is bullshit they need to bong this thing and then on the last freaking toss the dude nails it and the place goes nuts and i and i like to personally apologize to benny the bull who by all accounts must be working on this skill set in his downtime and Benny's worked hard enough that he was able to nail one in a crucial moment uh, late in the season against the Cavs. Big game. We're battling for seeding, and Benny knocked it in. So congratulations to Benny, and I and, and I hope my apology is accepted. 
Yeah, I, he went over in the Bucks game that I was at. So I'm glad to see that he he, he earned it on Saturday. I mean, I, I'm going to go ahead and credit Caruso for that. His return really prompted uh, Benny to, to come through in a, in a situation where they really needed it. So to that point, though, should we say that like the Benny hitting it this time against the Cavs was a complete fluke and he hasn't been working on it and we need to see more? It's not it's too small of a sample size. You're a big too small of a sample guy. Guy, you don't you don't do that. You need you no. need all, all the stats. I need I need a little bit of basketball rather than Benny Benny the Bull. Benny the Bull. Yeah, how did this let's, go let's from Zach a, Levine's? Let's have a good good. Uh, there's a lot of good basketball out there right now with the NCAA tournament. And I, 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 I knew I knew the I knew the clock was ticking on Coach on the Benny conversation. <laughs> let's go. <laughs> All right, coach, you're, you're the, Hey, you want to talk NCAA tournament? Let's talk it. I just filled out my bracket, buddy. You, you know, who I have winning it all Iowa. That's right. The same damn team that won the big 10 tournament, the Iowa Hawkeyes <laughs> over the Duke blue devils. My total is 183. Let's go Iowa based on absolutely nothing. I saw the Hawkeyes play in person once at Carver Hawkeye this year, and they got smoked by Purdue. Who I also have in my final four because I've seen them play uh, and I was impressed. But other than that, I love how much you just hate defense, by the way. You're like, I'm just going to go with the teams that can score a bunch, but can't stop me or you from getting inside the paint. But that's what I'm going with. I'll say I always looked pretty good. They look like a different team than they were earlier I'm telling in the you, year. When I saw Keegan play, Murray, man, he could yeah, play lottery pick. They, I mean, uh, easily. Yeah. Easily. Like, like top, top seven. So, I do like picking teams that have really good players on them. And Iowa does have one really, really good player coach. What do you, what do you got for us? Tell me, you know, I, I you know, I, I Purdue and Gonzaga right now are two teams. I'm kind of, I'm kind of between Purdue and Gonzaga. Purdue was a team. I thought I was really high on going in the tournament, but they got the toughest draw. I mean, they got a tough draw Kentucky, you know, they got those big guys that I think could be, you know, I think the Big Ten knows Purdue, but a team like Purdue playing outside the Big Ten, they could be really challenging because how many teams have two big men like they got with the, the huge kid? And then they got a, a, a pro as well with Ivy. So um, I like Purdue, but I, I hate that they got to go through such a challenging bracket. You got UCLA in that. I mean, UCLA is the four seed in that one, and they're by far the best four. They're probably a two seed. Really, UCLA is probably a one or a two seed from a standpoint of the talent that they have. Um, and Gonzaga, I think I think no one's talking about Gonzaga. I think there's like Gonzaga fatigue. I, honestly, I think it's like Gonzaga fatigue because truthfully, there's not a lot of really good teams this year. There's no – I watched a little bit of Providence, who was the number one seed in the Big East, and was really unimpressed. I watched some of Auburn, who was the number one seed in the SEC, was really unimpressed. I watched – Miss um, Illinois is another one seed in the Big Ten. Uh, left like that's not a great team, you know. There's not a lot of great, you know. Kansas is a solid team, but that's clearly not one of his more talented teams. Uh, but I like Kansas getting the Final Four because I think that I that that's the region of Iowa, which is the other reason I think Iowa is getting so much play. Is who's going to believe in Wisconsin right now as the number three seed? After watching Auburn get throttled as the number two seed, no one's got confidence in them. And then who's the four seed in that one with Iowa that we'd be playing Iowa? Providence. 
Who's, Providence is yeah, awful. Who's been looked, looked lucky awful. all year. So, yeah. honestly, that whole region right now, like I've got USC as the team that I'm kind of circling as, okay, that's a talented team that has struggled at down the stretch. But if they put it together, they're more talented than a lot of these teams. And, but I like, I like, I think Gonzaga might be actually a really, really good team. And it might be their year to finally actually cut it down, you know, but I think there's some fatigue because the last three years, everybody's been picking them. What do we think about the local matchups? Loyola and Ohio state. Let's start there. You're you, you might know the Ramblers fairly well, Beto. Yeah. Loyal is not as good as they were last year, but that is a nightmare matchup for Ohio state who can't stop anyone defensively. And that the efficiency that Loyola plays at offensively is going to be tough for them to, to stop. Loyola is actually favored in that game by like a point or two, but um, I, I like Loyola to win that game. I don't think, I had them actually upsetting Illinois last year in the second round. It was more of a, I liked Illinois. I just thought it was a tough spot, but I like them. Um, I'm with coach though. Overall, I think, I think nobody's as good as in theory as what both Gonzaga and Baylor were last year, even, but Gonzaga could be that, you know, top team, so to speak. UCLA is my, honestly, they might be the team I end up going with to win it all. My favorite two teams this year are UCLA and Kentucky. And of course they're in the same region. Yeah. And Purdue, so, and Purdue like and Purdue's I, I in like that Kentucky, too. Purdue, I like those three Kentucky, Purdue and yeah, UCLA. I'm like, I agree. Those three are in, in opposite in almost any region. I've taken those three teams in any other region. I was so bummed they ended up in the same one. And I totally agree. I think Kansas, out of the one seeds, has the easiest route to the final four. Of course, they could get tripped up, certainly, but I think that their region sets up the lightest for them. So, and Arizona is actually incredibly fun to watch. Like, if you're like a casual basketball fan and like just get into it in the tournament, Arizona is the team I would latch onto just because they're a blast. They get up and down. They have high-flying dunkers, great scores, rim protection, blocks into the third row. They're a lot of fun as well. That UCLA-Arizona Pac-12 title game was awesome. If I, so. if I was given recommendations on like what to look for, if you really look at the tournament over the past years, the teams that generally win are teams that have upperclassmen, not necessarily seniors, but juniors, um, upperclassmen, are the teams that generally win, you know, Kentucky is really the only team that won with just a whole bunch of freshmen. Uh, that was forever ago, right? Cause they won the last time they won was 10 years ago. It was Anthony yeah. Davis team. Yeah. And um, so you look at like Villanova, who's won North Carolina when they won a lot of, a lot of older players. So look, look for that team. That's got those, you know, juniors, that are ready to go. That's why this year could be one of the funkiest years ever. There could be a mid-major team this year that could win it all. For the yeah. for the people that are listening who are thinking, Coach, don't make me look for it. Just tell me who the teams are that are senior-laden or for the guy that's speaking into the microphone right now, uh, who would that be? Well, that's why I say Purdue's got experience. That's one of the reasons I like Purdue. Um, you know, Who's their honestly, big guy, Eddie? Huh? Who's their big dude? Yeah, Edie. Yeah, Edie. Edie. And then they got Jaden Ivy and Williams, the huge. Then they got Williams, who's he's good, a monster, and he's good too. And then they got a shooter, I think, who's experienced as well. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah, Iowa's yeah. got experience with both. I think Murray's either a sophomore or junior. 
Bohannon's a you know a ten year player. <laughs> McCaffrey's been in the program. That's one of the yeah. reasons I would definitely. So you know, there's, you know, that's why I like UCLA. They got Juzang, they got Jacquez, they got Tiger Campbell. Those guys are experienced now at UCLA. So it's funny. We- there's another stat called continuity, which is in along with experience. But it's not only like upperclassmen, but it's guys have been playing together because nowadays there's so many transfers. Like Kentucky's got an experienced team class-wise, but this is the first year they're all playing together. Right. They're a bunch of transfers. So it's something to think about. And the last thing I'll add in is the one has the hesitation I have with Purdue and Iowa is that you look at the teams that typically get to the final, like efficiency defensively, they're always in the top yep. 50. And neither of those teams are. And so defense yeah. reigns Purdue's supreme. Really and Purdue's really low. So it's like, do they have enough offense to combat their deficiencies on defense? So that's when I look at teams like Kentucky, Gonzaga gets, it's like Gonzaga is like the Warriors from a standpoint of everyone doesn't think they're that great defensively because they give up a lot of points. So it's like, yeah, because they play 150 possessions a game, you know? So you're going to give up more, but they, they're good defensive team. So is Arizona. So we'll see. But I agree. I think it's like a, it's a year that, so many different teams can come out of. Um, the scary community is a South Dakota State team. The South Dakota State team, I watched. They them can shoot Dakota, absurd. Man. That team, that team, that team may be better than the teams they're playing. Like they're playing, and they're playing Providence. Like Providence. I can literally see South Dakota. I may, on like a pool, take South Dakota State to the Final Four because I think they play Providence, yeah. and then they would play Iowa. And I watched South Dakota State play North Dakota. They were undefeated in their conference. And North Dakota was balling. Like, they were playing great North Dakota, and they still couldn't beat the South Dakota State team. The South Dakota State team can play, man. I I called their game last year against Bradley. They played them again this year, and I think they hit, like, 19 threes or something like that in, like, the first 30 minutes of the game. It was just absurd. So they're they're the top three-point shooting team in the country. Is Providence the worst four seed? Yes. Yes. Okay. All right, South Dakota State, welcome to it. Uh, and I also think I Richmond is the worst 12 seed. So I think Iowa got a pretty good draw. What Illinois got a bad draw. I'm sorry. I, I, Again. I was going to say, a lot of people like Houston. Uh, I, t- what, I'm not sure what you guys think about well, Chattanooga. Chattanooga's good. Chattanooga's good, too. Yeah. Chattanooga's legit. So... I got I got Illinois losing to Houston. Should I just take Chad so, so I could scream at, at at Illini fans if I'm right on that one? That feels like fun. All right, Chattanooga it is. Switch that pick, Chattanooga. Uh, yeah, that way you can get mad again at Io for or Demar Derozan for going down to Champagne. <laughs> exactly, you know, it plays into my brand. You, I, I've got Houston beating Arizona. You think I'm nuts? No, you don't think I'm nuts. I got no. Villanova on the other side. Uh, no. You can't that. trust Rick Barnes in March. So you got to have him losing at some point, even though Tennessee is absurdly good defensively. There but was, I like yeah. Nova too. There was a stat of like 16 of the last 19 champions finished in the top 10 for defensive efficiency or something like that. And offensive, like top 10 defensive and offensive efficiency or something. It was some, some stats, 16 of the last 19 champions. Houston was one of the six this year. Yeah, it was in that realm. So there was like six teams. It was like Houston, Kansas, Arizona, Gonzaga, Gonzaga, you know, but so Houston's you, in there. You think I should take South Dakota State over the Hawkeyes and maybe even over <laughs> Kansas? 
I'm just, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just I don't do that. I'm, I haven't made that decision yet, but I'm, I was really impressed with that South Dakota State team, and I'm, I'm not impressed with that region, and I, I could see it happening. Do you buy Auburn? I don't. You don't buy Auburn. I like Kansas. I do. You like? I think Kansas. they're good. At, they're balanced, and I think they have a, a good guard play, which shows up a lot in March. So I don't know. By Kansas, South Dakota, Kansas, South Dakota State. It might be the winner of that game. I'm taking to the final. Bill, Bill Self is terrified of mid-majors. I'm just telling you right now. He lost to Bradley. Of course, I'm going to bring that up. Bell Bucknell, Northern Iowa, when the year they had, they had that insane team. So, so you, I'm just saying. So you guys like SC? I like USC a little bit, yeah. I, I like mean, they have I like the Pac-12. You like the Pac-12 US- just gets underrated every year because nobody stays up late enough to watch their games. I, I mean, always U- say that. USC, Wisconsin <laughs> – LSU. LSU right. can really defend, but they just lost their coach. So I don't know how much. LSU is such a crapshoot. Like, are they going to go yeah. on the Steve Fisher run or that's going to be, a, <laughs> is it a disaster, right? Well, right. you know, in Wisconsin, if that guy Davis isn't hurt, if that, or if Davis is banged up, they're not very good, Wisconsin. They can lose the Colgate. Absolutely. They're lucky they're playing at home. I can't believe they no, got home no game. Doubt. Let's go Colgate. So you think I should take Colgate over Wisconsin? Uh, we're not Colgate as the same team that took Arkansas down the wire. We're giving thoughts on potential upsets. We're not telling you what you should do. I I, I understand. I we got I, some takes. Just make sure you get in the play our hoops pool. Draft some players. Have some fun. I know. I know what you know. Which team you're taking what, your player from? The 13 seed, what, South what Dakota about, State. At this point, what, what about what about <laughs> Baylor? They're just too banged up. Too banged up. You like Carolina over them or Marquette? I, I like Carolina in that matchup. I think they're, I think they, the other thing that's funny is that you find out is that I'm a big fan of pace, slower pace teams in the tournament typically do a little bit better because teams value each possession more. Yep, so yep, I tend yep. to go to that direction as well. What do we think about Murray state? San Francisco, man. The really good. Game? The winner of that game. Who's, who's the two seed? They would get Kentucky. Uh, Kentucky. Yeah, Kentucky's got a tough. They got a tough second game. That region's brutal. Brutal. Yeah, but you guys like UCLA. All right, I like love UC- UCLA. I like UCLA. Yeah, love I like, UCLA. I like UCLA. I, I mean, I think UCLA is one of the five best teams right now, um, going into the tournament. All right. They're my right now. If I'm if I'm entering a massive pool with a million people, I'm trying to get different. Brent, I have you that I have UCLA over Kansas in the final and that. I mean, my bracket, I just won the pool. Thank you both. And thank you for listening to the Windy City <laughs> podcast. We're, we're under a minute. Uh, I feel great about all this. This was so definitely... let's give our bulls. Let's give our bulls predictions. We go so, quick. You know, we're we're go right at the end. Go, go, go. So I, I think the Heat get the number one seed. <laughs> I'm 37 years old. And I was going about thinking through my lifetime. Yeah, I mean, I'm not a doctor. This program was recorded on tape for a live audience. 1986, are you sitting there saying, nope, Michael, need you on the bench? He can play for eight minutes. He can play for eight minutes and 30 seconds, Jerry Krause, you jerk. 
how do you trust a franchise that allows Benny the Bull to throw popcorn <laughs> on their fans? <laughs> I think we should trust them a little bit. I'm always trying to protect the player for themselves. You know, coaches putting him in harm's way and doesn't give a shit. There's a lot of good basketball out there right now with the NCAA tournament. And I, 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 I knew, I knew the, I knew the clock was ticking on coach on the Betty conversation. <laughs> Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.